Hey besties, welcome back to another episode of Sunshine and Rainbows Podcast, a space where we chat about moments when life isn't. I'm your host, Manda, and I cannot wait to get into this important conversation with our next guest, Katie. She shares all about her journey with stage three breast cancer and how she found a community she never expected. Plus, how this diagnosis gave her a whole new purpose and outlook on life. You won't want to miss this. So let's get started. Awesome. Well, Katie, thank you so much. One, for wanting to share your story and two, just being the human that you are. Um, For everyone listening, this is Katie. She actually was a sorority sister of mine. We went to college together and we both live in Tampa now and it's been great to reconnect after college but really recently in the Instagram world her and I have kind of ventured into the same field and I'm so excited for you to hear her story thank you Katie no thank you Amanda for having me first of all I am so proud of you in this podcast (laughs) leaving everything that you're going after and it's very inspirational um and from the babies that we were in college to where we're at now the hair the color everything's so different um, but look at us just, you know, like fine wine, you know, getting better age. So thank you. I appreciate that. I, sometimes I look back at the little college freshman I was and I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, so many, wow. so many <laughs> outfit choices that I think we would be called that chuggy at this point. Of- oh, very much so. Yeah. I'm like, oh, thank God. I purged my Facebook photos oh. going through sorority recruitment yeah. so that they couldn't find them. And then now, you know, it's all gone. So. Yeah. But, yeah. So now this is where we're at. Um, and just as your intro said, so yeah, I am Katie. I am 28 mm-hmm. years old. Um, and last year, almost to the exact date, I was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer and Mm. it has been a roller coaster of a ride. Um, so I wanted to come on here and I wanted to just, you know, really speak to young women. Um, I was somebody that was very healthy. Uh, I wasn't at the gym every day, but your girl did work out. Oh, she did. No Mm -hmm. medical issues. I don't have any family history of breast cancer either. I don't have a BRCA gene, um, anything like that. So um, for me though, when I was diagnosed, um, we're just gonna have to rewind it maybe about one more year prior to that. So bringing it back even further, um, this is how it went down. December, 2019, I went to my plastic surgeon's office Um, and I informed him that I felt like this pea size lump on my breast, on my left breast, pea size. Mm. And, um, the way I felt it was I already do the monthly feel it on the first screenings and everything. So I have not ashamed, got my boobs done in 2017. So I'm used to feeling around my chest for my implants. So, um, immediately when I felt a harder tissue or something like that, I brought it up to my plastic surgeon. And um, he asked me all the basic questions, family history, you know, all this stuff. And I was like, no, I'm good. And he's like, okay, well, you know what? It's probably scar tissue. Don't worry about it. Like it happens with implants, you get scar tissue. Don't even be concerned. And, you know, at that time, I still had in the back of my head, like maybe this is something I should be worried about. Um, But that's my doctor, you know, like doctors know kind of situation, right? So I was like, okay, not a problem. Um, I'll just move on for it. And I left it at that. And then in February of 2020, um, I still felt that little pea size. It was, it was getting a little bit bigger, but I still felt it. And then I went to my oncologist at the time. And okay. um, not my, sorry, my gynecologist at the time. And my gynecologist, I explained to her, I was like, listen, him, my plastic surgeon, I told him this, he was like, it's no big deal. And he, the um, gynecologist was like, yeah, no, if you don't have a family history, like you're only 28, uh, 20, like seven years old, you know, like you're fine. Don't even worry about it. And my 27 at the time year old self was like, all right, bet. Like, okay. No, I got two doctors now telling me, girl, you're fine. You're making this up. Like, it's not a big deal. Our tissue, all this stuff. Right. So that was in February of 2020. Um, and then as we know, the world froze over at this point, like COVID came, um, doctor's appointments really hard to even get at that point. A lot of things shut down. Uh, but from February until about September, that pea sized lump on my breast came to the point where it was almost the size of a golf ball. 
and it was I could grab it it was tender to touch I couldn't sleep on my left side like it was something like this maybe it's a cyst and everything all of these thoughts going through my head and uh you know I was like I need to get this checked yeah it went back to my plastic surgeon's office and I was like listen like I need some type of way, like, give me some type of security. And he's like, all right, well, I could definitely feel something now, but it's probably not cancerous. Maybe it's a cyst. Maybe it's, you know, again, right? I'm going to send you to my oncologist that I work with on a regular. Okay. So I went to that oncologist and boy, was he not the man for me. He was, uh, when I first showed up, you know, this is now September 30th. So when I first showed up, um, very dismissive very like you know oh you don't have a gene like oh you're kind of like wasting my time type of energy right and yeah it was completely like at this point my head's like nah girl like there's something wrong like you can you can fight for yourself at this point you had Mm -hmm. multiple doctors tell you no but like this hurts not this is not okay and mind you all i was asking for these doctors to do throughout this whole time was to schedule me a mammogram that, that oh was, my gosh. That was all I was asking to get done was like, yo, let, let me get a mammogram. Give me my peace of mind. Ugh. And that was the struggle I was getting just to get that done. Right. So finally, this doctor was like, I'm like, I'm on his uh, like doctor chair thing, sitting in the, like the little room with him. And there's an ultrasound machine right there. And I was like, listen, can we like do an ultrasound? Can you plug this in? Plug this <laughs> Please. In? Can we just do an ultrasound? Like, you know, can we just go see what this is? And he was like, with him and his nurse, we're like, all right, okay, all right. So let's just hop on the table. Like, let's go do the ultrasound, right? Amanda, within 30 seconds. Within 30 seconds, not even 30 seconds. The moment they pressed the little machine with the jelly to my side, you can see this gigantic mass. Like, a, like it wasn't even like a ball. It was like a spider web. And <sighs> I just remember looking at the machine, looking at the doctor and his face just like dropping, right? And he's like, Katie, um, yeah, so we need to do a biopsy right now. And right for, now? And for those that don't know, right? So this is what a biopsy is, right? So I didn't know what a biopsy was at that point because your girls never had anything wrong with her. So he was like, this is a biopsy. It's when they take this like large needle and mm-hmm. they inject it right into the tumor and they take out a piece of the tissue from that tumor and yep. they go and send that to the labs and they get that checked and everything like that. Well... Your girl passed out <laughs> at the sight of shots, okay? Like, my whole life, my mom tried to tell my doctors, like, if you're going to give her a shot, I need to be there because she always faints. She yep. cries about it, but, like, the inje- Oh, I pass out, right? I'm the same way. It is traumatizing. Traumatizing for me. So, I can get a tattoo, but a shot, I'm done. Exactly. And I have multiple <laughs> tattoos. And that's what they're like, oh, you're... I'm like, no, the injecting. I feel it in my body. Yep. I go light. Like, I, I try. So, of course, I look at him. I'm like, you're out of your mind. You think, yeah. I, I see this gigantic needle. I'm like, you're out of your mind. There's no way, right? So, anyway, so the nurse is like, no, no, it's fine. We're going to numb it. Girl, the numbing was a needle, okay? The yeah. numbing is a needle, too. So, they take this, like, other smaller long needle, and they start injecting me with the numbing stuff. But I was so frantic. Like, my heart was going crazy because now... Right, this whole time, it's been nine months since I said something was wrong. And now somebody's finally being like, yes, you know, like there's something here, right? And now all of these thoughts in my head are flurring through and they're just injecting me with this like this numbing like Oh my god. And my arms above my head. I'm just like, I'm by myself, right? It's a pandemic, you can't have anybody with you. Yeah. And I'm freaking out. And all of a sudden, it's done. The biopsy's there. I literally blank out. I'm here and now he's like, okay, well. Now we come on to like, now like the doctor hat comes on. They're like, we got to take this. We got to send it over here. You need to get this insurance. They need to call into this. We have to schedule all this up. Like it starts going like like a hundred miles a minute. And my brain just cannot wrap how fast yeah. it goes. Right. And he was like, listen, I'm going to send it out. And in about a week's time, I will give you the updates of the biopsy. It's going to take about a week for us to find the results. And I was like, okay. Like trembling hands. I walk out of that, you know, um, I walk out of that appointment and I call my boyfriend and I'm like, I did Yo. it. Like I did it. Like what the hell was that? Like there, there really is something there. And yeah. he's like, yeah, we knew that. Right. So, yeah. And so, yeah, that was on uh, the 30th of September. Right. Two days later, October 2nd, October 2nd, 2020, I get a phone call at 10 o'clock in the morning and your girl's not expecting any phone calls. 
Why? No, because you had a week. I had a week. I had I had a whole weekend to like you know digress everything. No, no, no. Um, yeah, October second, twenty twenty. I got a phone call from that doctor, and this is why I didn't proceed with the doctor because of how he handled the situation. I I didn't like him being dismissive when I first got there, and then on top yeah. of that, he felt that it was good for him to share the news with me. I'd be like, hey, Katie, I know I said I was going to talk to you last week. I got the results back. Just letting you know you have cancer. Uh, like, right. Uh, right. And I'm just like, I had my morning meeting with my team right beforehand. Like, your girl is still on her same cup of coffee. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? That conversation, I have the phone record. I look back on it. was two minutes and 36 seconds long. Because two minutes and there, because once he said that to me, he started going on this big tangent, like we got to go do the mammogram. We got to go do this. You got to go to MRI. You got to cat all this stuff. And I was like, can I call you back? Yeah, no, <laughs> not with you. Can I call no, no. You exactly. Right. Well, I was like, can I call you back? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just call me back and we can get started. And I was like, all right. So, um, yeah, and that's when I had to tell my boyfriend at the time, and he was the only person that knew. I haven't, mm. all we can get into talking about how it feels about that, but sticking with the timeline here, because we're almost at this point. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, I told him about it, and then he knew, my boyfriend knew that I just wasn't vibing with this doctor, like didn't yeah. like it, wasn't happy about it. And for those that don't know, in the Tampa area, we have Moffitt Cancer Center, in Tampa, and it is one of the top in the country, state of the arts cancer. Yes. Your girl would be ridiculously dumb to not even get a second opinion through them, right? Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. I immediately called Moffitt. I immediately was like, listen, this is it. Here's my flop. They give me a CD drive, a hard drive, right? Of my <laughs> scans. And they're like, go pick this up at one place and drop it off to us. I'm like, what, are we not in 2020 over here? Like what is You possible? can't like email it yeah, or something? Like, like what? <laughs> So I had to physically go do this, right? Drop it off. And I sent it over to Moffitt. And then on Tuesday that week, so this was the 6th of October. Um, on Tuesday that week, I went through all my scans with them and they handled everything so well. You oh, would, wow. Like the relief when you walk in the door to be like, you're not, I know it's a big facility, but they give you your your exact team, your oncologist, your oncologist surgeon, like everybody, your PA, everyone's all in one and they sit right next to each other and they're all like, they communicate with each other. So everyone's wow. on the same page and it just makes you feel like, okay, they're really gonna go for bat for me. Like they're gonna take care of me here. So that all happened. And um, two days later, uh, it was my mom's birthday. And mm -hmm. my mom lives over in like Boca area. And my boyfriend flew from California, because he was in California at the time, yeah. over yeah. to make my first doctor's appointment on Tuesday. And we, after we had a whole day of testing on Thursday, um, I finally got my first mammogram. Finally. October 8th, 2020. Um, so yeah, that was a big deal. But then obviously, we know we have breast cancer. But we were yeah. checking the right breast as well. And there was nothing that they could see okay. initially on that side. Um, but then, yeah, so I had to then at this point share the news with my mom that I had mm. breast cancer. Um, so of course, you know, I love to ruin a good thing. I was like, let's just tell her on her birthday. Happy birthday, mom. Yeah, happy birthday. So after all of my like testing I did on the 8th, um, we went, my boyfriend and I drove from Tampa over here down to Boca and we celebrated her birthday dinner. My brother was there. My uncle and my aunt were there. Um, my closest family was all yeah. in one location, right? And I figured I wanted to tell them all at once because I didn't yeah. want my mom to take this on by herself. Yeah. I didn't want her to keep this in and then not. And I think anyone that gets diagnosed with any type of disease, especially cancer, um, chemo sucks. But telling your loved ones that you have cancer, 100% is even harder than that because you're yeah. shattering worlds, right? So, um, yeah, I... I've had them all come back to my mom's place after dinner and it was really hard to just to steer them into like a, a, a negative conversation rather than like a proposal or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. I'm just kidding. But you know, all <laughs> yeah, so, like, during that time, like they were all like, oh, it was like good news. I'm like, no, <laughs> like do not get excited for this, please. Um, and then, yeah, and I was able to then tell them more information because I didn't want to go and tell my family like, oh yeah, I did a biopsy and like it came back cancerous, that's it. Yeah. I needed to come like, hey, here's a whole package. You know, here's 
I got these doctors, I got these second opinions, I got this and this. I came with a whole whole folder full of information. Wow. And I knew that my family would they're gonna just ask me a million questions. Um, and yeah, that was really hard. Like my mom was like in complete shock, mm-hmm. you know, uh, my uncle and my brother, they took on that. It's, it's interesting because the more I had to tell people about being diagnosed with cancer, the more I got to watch how people react when they get bad news and yeah. how they handle it. Right. So you get the people that are in complete shock, right. They don't know what to do. Maybe they can talk to you in a few days and they need time to, you know, accept everything and process. Right. Um, but then you have other people like my brother and my uncle that go immediately into like that fight zone. Like, like, oh, we got this. Yep. Like, we got that. We can take on everything. You're good, right? They have that kind of mentality. But eventually they also wear down to when they finally start processing things too. And then you get people that immediately break down and cry. Like my little. Mm. Oh. Oh. Oh, when I told my littles, I got one little that's like straight in medical school kind of thing. And she's yep. by the books. We got this. We'll do this. We just. And the other little <laughs> was just instant, like crying, like oh. the world was shattering, you know, like that whole thing. And like, it, it really, it broke my heart. Like yeah. that was worse to me than chemo. And even looking back, like that absolutely was worse than it. Um, and then you, your strong friends, like you're caring about how they handle it. And like, I don't want to leave them alone because like, it's just, it was a lot. And so October, yeah. the whole month of October was just telling people, this is where I'm at. And it sucked. It was so hard. And I, oh, that was just something I would never, ever well, do ever again. And it's one thing, Katie, to tell like, quote unquote, real people in your life. Yeah. But then on top of that, you have and were creating at that time this platform. Yeah. And it was one thing to see you announce it because I'm friends with you on Facebook. Yep. But then the way that you started your TikTok oh, and that, your yeah, Instagram and you- too telling the outside world mm. that was incredible to watch how you handled it that way that was something that so once i did tell my friends and family absolutely once i told my immediate people right mm-hmm. i because i was in this platform area where i'm so used to sharing everything with the people on the outside world right with my family of the outside you know yep. everyone on the outside there that care about me I chose to make a video. I chose to post a video onto YouTube because that's the way I posted on Facebook. I posted on Instagram. Yep. I literally hit all platforms at the same time. Like, yep. bum like here it is because I needed you to hear it from me. We weren't mm-hmm. able to do a lot of in-person sessions and stuff, you know, like that. Everyone's social distance still. And I was just like, I need to get this out. I would never want somebody to hear it from somebody else without mm-hmm. me being able to vocalize what was going on. And I remember that video. I had like my blonde hair. I was sitting on my bed, Allie next to me. And I was like, my name's Katie and I've been diagnosed with cancer. Mm. And I took it from there. And then uh, just just the, oh God, the wave of support of just from Facebook, Instagram. And like, that's it. Before I even posted my first real TikTok of cancer, right? That was about so november 5th was my first day i did chemo my first round of chemo and then by the second round of chemo i was already starting to lose my hair Mm. and that was very traumatizing for me and it was really hard for me to deal with because um i see myself and i know a lot of women do like i see like i i like i sexualize my body like my body to me was like everything it was it was like my temp it was like how i expressed myself like i always wanted to be super sexy i wanted to have like the nicest boobs i wanted to be in (laughs) literally like how i saw myself and when there was something going on that was gonna jeopardize that and change that out of my control it was very hard for me to handle losing like my hair so when that first started to falling out it was falling out in chunks i wanted Mm. to have like a whole uh, photographer, you know, you see the videographers come, they make these amazing moments, but my hair was falling out too quick. It was falling mm. out too quick. I couldn't get it. So I remember one day about a week, the week before Thanksgiving was when I looked at my boyfriend and I just woke up. It was a Sunday morning and I was like, he, we got to do it today. Mm. Like we, we got, and he's like, you don't have any, you know, nothing set up. Like he has his clippers because he cuts hair all the time. And I was like, it has to happen today. Like it has mm. to happen. So 
I took my phone, taped it onto my wall, on yep. here, and I had his other phone like propped out at another angle. Or just our iPhones, that's all we had. And I had a big glass of wine off camera, like a yes. big glass of wine off camera. And I just remember staring into the video, which is into my mirror, watching him completely change my look forever for me. And completely, you know, just really solidify your girl has cancer because that was the hardest thing for me. So watching that and he was awesome about it. He cut my hair at different stages, tried to make me feel, you know, tried to make me feel like beautiful as well. So we like worked out and everything, but in the video, it's just really just him just buzzing off and everything. And um, yeah, I ended up taking that video, that that really raw moment between us. it, it just expresses us so well too because he he supported me throughout all of this and this is like the first time and I just I'm looking into like as I watch the video I'm looking into my eyes and I remember exactly how I felt at that time mm-hmm. and I was like once he cut my hair off again that solidified that I was sick that yeah. made you you know like that stereotype of this is what a cancer patient looks like was now me because remember this whole time I never felt sick I had something on right. my that hurt, but my mental health was like, girl, like you're good. Like we're going to keep going out. We got this going. You keep telling me that there's something in my body that's going to kill me. But right. I like, what are you talking about? You know? And when he cut my hair and I was just like, all right, like hmm. here we are. This is where we're at right now. This is everything. Um, and that was really, really hard. But I took that video and instead of what some people just keep it for themselves, I chose to share it. I chose to share that moment, that vulnerable, vulnerable moment between mm-hmm. me and my boyfriend at the time in my life I never expected to be. And I wanted to share it with the world. So I posted that on TikTok and girl. Oh, I remember it. Kevin and I sat on our couch and we just watched it over and over and we were just like, like we know her in real life. Like, we know her in real life. We literally got margaritas with her yep. months ago. And it was just such an impactful moment. Like, again, I'm getting goosebumps this whole conversation. But, yeah. And I, I okay, so I I was, I think I, I posted it on Thanksgiving. Your girl was hitting the emotions because I had my mom and my <laughs> and my niece up for Thanksgiving because we would normally have a big Thanksgiving. But yeah. like, I was already, my second chemo was the next day. So like there was just too much stuff going on. I was not feeling really well. And I chose to post it there. And I was like, all right, maybe it's going to get like maybe 25,000 views. Like maybe, you know, I had no, I had like 200 followers on TikTok at the time. Yeah. I posted yeah. I'm just putting it out there. I could share it on my Instagram followers, you know, maybe get a little bit of track- traction. Um, but this is like before I even joined like the communities, right? The breast cancer community. Like I haven't even got to this part yet. And by the end, I think I posted it like right around Thanksgiving dinner time. And then all of a sudden it's at 100,000 views. All of a sudden mm. it's at 500,000 views. All of a sudden it's at 1 million views. The next one oh. at 3 million views. This video is like, I think it's still up in like the five or 6 million views at this point. It's still, it's, mm. I still get likes from it. I'm like, this is in November. How am I on your <laughs> For You page? Like, and you're some still showing up in your For You page. Oh my God. Video. And it's still being spread around and stuff. And it had like, I think on the day of Thanksgiving, it had maybe like 4,000 comments mm. on it. And then now if you look at it, it's like open to like the 40 or 50,000 comments. I can't respond to 50,000 comments. No. No. But all of those comments were like, girl, me too. Girl, mm. I've been here too. Girl, I'm here for you. I know what this like. This is my wife. This is my daughter. This is me. This is my sister, my best friend. And the support was just, honestly, it was phenomenal. It was something Mm -hmm. I never expected. And I went from having 200 followers to like 60,000. Yeah. And that, that solidified it to me. These people want to come on this journey with me. I'm not alone here. They Mm. want to come on this journey with me and they're going to support me through it. My DMs were full. They, if they couldn't, <laughs> if they couldn't reach me on TikTok, they went over to my Instagram. Like, oh my oh, gosh, both locations being like, I got you. Do this, try this. I'm here. Come in this group, like, bombarded with like support. And I mean, it, it it really got me through everything. You know, it really mm-hmm. did help me go through one of the crappiest times I never expected to have, 
But that outside world, that outside family scooped me up, wrapped me up and they're like, we got you. We're going to get you through this and we're going to cheer you on the entire way. Mm. And um, I really think that that was one of the main reasons why I'm like at a successful part. So just just wrapping up the timeline here. Yes. Let's get through. I went through six rounds of chemo, six rounds of chemo. There were three weeks apart. There was four drugs I had to take at the time. I finished that in February, um, had some scares, had a blood clot or two, like a few things, <laughs> issues to worry about. Um, but overall successful from that. And then I went into my mastectomy surgery and then I had a, a single mastectomy. That decision-making of, of mastectomy surgery, oh, we can have, a, have another whole conversation. <laughs> um, I'm actually even in the middle of actually writing a book for it. <gasps> It's yeah, it's going to be it's going to be called like something like cancer wants my tits because yes. Oh, girl, it's literally like I have most of it done. I'm wrapping things up. So whoever oh knows by like the next week, it'll be posted out there. Um, but yeah, because like that whole mindset of like losing a piece of your, like my body, completely insane. So I did choose to do a single mastectomy onto the left side. My right side was like Gucci. Um, and then after that, after I healed from that, I did radiation, six weeks of radiation, Monday through Friday, 25 rounds. That was exhausting. But mm. after all of that, I got the word back from my scans, my MRIs, my scan, like your girl's officially cancer free. Mm. So Woo! That was like, oh, good. Telling my mom that, like being able to share with my friends, like my littles, my best friends, like everyone's yeah. celebrating, like. Because like, it could easily went a different way. Mm -hmm. And I try my hardest to realize like, why did I actually become the success story? Because um, when you are diagnosed with cancer, and I know people even have this without any diagno diagnosis, that imposter syndrome is so yeah. real still. So real, even when you're sick. Mm. Um, and then that survivor's guilt. Yeah. Mm -mm, that can mm -hmm. up at night, that survivor's guilt. That cancer ghost. That's just lurking. Every time I had, I didn't realize I had to do an MRI um, about three weeks ago. I didn't realize that was like my, my checkup MRI. And that's like a whole thing. They the infusion in you, you gotta sit there still for like 40 oh. minutes, all that stuff. I was freaking out because two weeks prior to that, two women in my breast cancer community, they had their MRIs, they went through the same treatment as me. They came back with stage four cancer. And so like that whole thing of like, yo, cancer's just around the corner, even though I, I beat it, mm. that ghost is just lingering there, like just waiting, you know, yeah. for you to come back and really mess you up. So I went through a really dark few days after my, like, after my MRI, cause I didn't get my results back immediately. Like, oh my God, like that's it. Like I got cancer mm. again. Like I, I beat this, but so did they. So like, but now they have it again. Like I'm going to have it again. I have oh. to have it again. So, um, luckily for me, you know, at that Tuesday appointment and a few days after my doctor's like, Katie, your scans are clear, oh. like completely clear. And that was so reassuring for me at that point. And, um, yeah, so then that's where I'm at now. I am done with my radiation. I got a few more chemos left. Uh, and those are preventative chemo treatments. They're like a okay. preventative infusions. No longer losing my hair. You know, your girl's growing it back It's now. cute. You know, people like it. I like, I like it. it. A few more. I think I'm going to start dyeing it in different colors, you know? Ooh. But, um, I got more compliments than ever being like, your face looks so good with short hair. And I'm like, I didn't ask for it, but here we are. Hey. Making the best <laughs> out of it. And then, yeah, so that's it that's how i got here and everything mm. and it's been such a journey you know it's been absolutely such a journey mm. and now we're just on to the next chapter i guess yeah. yeah that's even why i wanted to come on here and express because to summarize my whole process there's a huge part of me a huge huge part of me that thinks to myself that if i stood up for myself back in december of 2019 when i first saw something was wrong if I went back to another doctor at that time, got a second, third, fourth, fifth opinion, wouldn't let them stop just because I wanted to get a mammogram. I wanted yeah. to be able to get a mammogram on this little lump that I felt. And if they saw me back then and they took me seriously, I wouldn't have been stage three breast cancer where it was in my breast, in my lymph nodes, mm. like progressing throughout my body, right? I wouldn't have been there. I wouldn't have maybe not had to do a whole mastectomy surgery. Maybe it would be yeah. a lumpectomy where you just go in, scoop out the lumps, sew you back up, yep. you're good. Maybe I wouldn't have lost my breast. Mm. 
And I had to then come to terms where I didn't stick up for myself. There wasn't a support system during that time. You know, like the doctors weren't on the same page as their patients. Yeah. And all I was asking for was just to give me that peace of mind. Why is that so hard? Yeah. Especially if you were willing to pay the money. Like oh. that's the thing that blows my mind. It's like you're begging for something that you know costs money. Like exactly. I'm going to pay you. <laughs> Why? And and I'm like, and I have I had good insurance. Like mm-hmm. it was just something that was just so simple. And it really just turned into a whole catastrophe of like an issue. And and I know, I know that the universe has everything happen for a reason at this point. You know, like it's everything is gonna happen for a reason. And I try to take this really, really horrible situation that happened to me and shed some light onto it so I could help another person not have to go through what I went through. Yes, yes. And that in itself is astounding to me that it's one thing for you to go through what you're going through and do it so eloquently and boldly and passionately, but then to share it with people so yeah. that they don't feel so alone. And, and I did, and I shared as much as I possibly could. I mean, I think I even had some guilt of not sharing, um, not sharing even more, you know, cause mm. I'm like, there's some women and some people that are, they share every appointment, they share every type of like all information. And, and a lot of times I was sick, like I couldn't yeah. handle it. I was just like, this is too much for me how are you sharing every single update? Like, how do you have the energy to do that? And so I had even more guilt with that, but I did share as much as I could. I, I shared on how I do my eyebrows when I lost my eyebrows. I shared how to do head wraps for women that have no idea how to do a head wrap. I shared what I do during my chemo infusions and how I I ended up dancing for the most of the time. They, They stack you up with steroids. They want <laughs> you to sit there for five hours. I'm like, can I go for a walk with my like eye and everything like that? <laughs> How do you sleep for infusions? You know, all this mm. stuff. But I shared as much as I possibly could just because I knew there were other women out there that needed that support too, that needed to be able to hold. And the reason why I feel like I am in this situation is because I went through it. I know that, that there has to be good and bad in the world. And if they can give the bad to the strongest people, then hopefully that prevents bad stuff happening to people Mm. who can't handle it. So right when I even got diagnosed, that was one of my first thoughts. I was like, I still feel so blessed because I know young moms that are going through this, you know, they don't have the support system. I know people that are old and been sick and tired and they can't do this anymore. Like, I just like, give me your burden. Throw that on mm. my shoulders. Give that to me. I'll handle that. Save them. And that wow. was the whole mindset that I wanted to have throughout the whole process. Like, save somebody the misery of putting through this. So you gave this misery to me. Let me accept that. Whether it's God or the universe. Yeah. Somebody with a, a remote control up there. To be like, What's <laughs> going on? You know, that Marvel <laughs> universe. Like, whoever got yeah, that. Yeah, right. Multiverse. Whoever you are. Give it to me because hopefully that steers other people from not having to go through this pain. And then the pain that I did have to endure now, I have a non-for-profit in the works. Uh, Yay. Oh my gosh. thing will be done too. I have a non-for-profit in the works. That non-for-profit is specifically to pay for women to get their mammograms done when their doctors are like, nah, that's it. You know, like that's, that's it. Let me help the women that want that peace of mind and that they're struggling, let me give them another avenue to go to being like, my doctor's telling me no, but like, I really want to get this checked in. Somebody help me. And if mm. somebody was there to help me back then, I wouldn't be where I'm at. So in my mind, put me through all of this, make me go to four different doctors before I can get diagnosed with breast cancer, just so I can now say, here is an opportunity for you to go and get checked and I will pay for this through the nonprofit. Like we'll take care of you here. And wow. Yeah. So- wow. Katie. Oh, wow. It like every part of your story astounds me. But the one thing that I think is so interesting is that I feel like in our world, we're constantly talking about how social media is awful and it's mm. awful for your mental health. But listening to you talk about the way you were able to build and utilize your community It is so cool that, would you say that social media at times 
helped your mental oh, health? Absolutely. Absolutely it did because because it gave me that support system that was like, you know, really, really hard. And and sometimes I had people in my life, like, so, so the mastectomy surgery, right? That yeah. whole mindset of the mastectomy surgery. Most of the immediate people in my life were like, you better do a double mastectomy. You better do a double mastectomy immediately because they were being, as much as I love them, they were being selfish. They want, they just want me in their life. They just want yeah. me in their life. Whatever it takes, you be, I want the highest chance of you being here. And they weren't thinking of how I would love myself throughout your quality life. of life. Exactly. Yeah. How will I appreciate my body afterwards? And I, I wasn't able to get very much support during that time from the people I love the most, the closest people, because I, they were just too blindsided. They were like, Katie is important. We need her here. Yeah. And then yeah. I had the outside perspective. When I started sharing that, I had a whole video of like, what decision am I going to make? I posted on Instagram and in the comments there were like, we're like, get you. I also mm. had to make that decision. You know, like I understand that you don't want to have a double mastectomy because you want the opportunity to breastfeed your child. And this other girl was like, I got a single mastectomy and then I had kids a few years later. And then for my peace of mind, I chose to have a double mastectomy, but I was like, wow. four or five yeah. years, you know? So she's like, I get it. And that made me feel so much more comfortable in my decision-making, you know? And I wouldn't have had that. And people, I would go on stories and I'd be like, I look like a naked mole rat. And they're like, you're a beautiful <laughs> naked mole rat. Like, Thank you, family and friends. You know? And they cheered me up and they gave me insight. They, you know, they helped me out. But so for me, I'm always been, I've always been this person where I don't like the burden of being sad. I don't like it. I don't like the weight on my shoulders as much as I try to shake it. You know, like I'm just so like, I can't. I can't handle it. So for me, when I got diagnosed with cancer, I immediately looked past this. I looked past it. I was like, no, I will be 20. I'll be 30 years old next year. So when I got diagnosed at 28, I was like, by the time I'm 30, we're done with this. You're like, no, I'm going to be shaking my ass in Vegas. <laughs> nobody's going to tell me. Nope. I have cancer. And that was, oh, man, that was my first, like, that was right it. And I had to make sure I kept that same level of energy mm -hmm. because if I allowed myself to get into this darker spot, if I allowed myself too much time with my thoughts, I knew I would come into a hole that I wasn't going to be able to get out of as easily as I needed to. And that actually goes right into like my, the scariest part of my mental health. The scariest part of me was immediately after my surgery, after my single, mm -hmm. like my second surgery. That was the scariest part for me. That was the part where I prepared my friends and family months prior, like months prior. Like if, when I come out of this surgery and I am sad, you let me be sad. You let yeah. me be sad. You let me be in my room. You let me not talk to you for weeks. If that's <laughs> how I am, like you let me be sad. But eventually, pull me out. Eventually yeah. pull me out because I'm not here to be moped and being and ruin the life that I was so lucky to have right so when i had the, even up to that surgery like i had i cried i cried mm. so much and i would never really cry in front of anybody else other than my boyfriend because yeah he was able to hear from that but i remember the day before the surgery and i'm just freaking out my heart's like you know i'm racing and everything i'm like because when i wake up like i'm gonna have a different body am i gonna love her am i gonna respect yeah. her is she gonna be worthy for me you know like all of these things of my body. Am I going to love myself the way I've been idolizing myself mm -hmm. my whole adulthood here? Right. Again, your girl's the one that got her boobs done to have nice yeah. boobs. And now yeah. you're taking it away from me mm. and still expecting me to love myself. And that was really hard. And I woke up after surgery and like my boyfriend was there at flowers. My mom was by my side and all of that depression weight that I was prepared to have, I was just grateful I woke up. Mm. I was just grateful the cancer's out of my body. And I did have my sadness. I did get really upset and everything like that. But classic Katie move. What did I decide to do? I decided to focus my energy on something else. Uh -huh. As I have my drain in me, and like, I'm getting all my drain fluids coming out of like maybe three days after surgery. 
cute, that girl cute. Was looking for houses. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm in bed too much. Zillow, real here we go. <laughs> like it's a housing market craze. Like this is now what June, right? May, June. And yep. I had my surgery in April. I had ten weeks off of work for disability. I don't, like, listen, I might be disabled, but, like, I need to keep it moving here. Like, Oh, I, my God. Oh, my gosh. Just, right. I had my realtor, which is our sorority sister. Yes. Husband. My realtor, too. Yeah, Sam came in for me. Shout out to like, Sam. I got to <laughs> I gotta keep going. Like, I got to keep going. He's like, Katie, you just had surgery, like, last Girl. week. Like, I don't care. I don't care, Sam. <laughs> like, we need to. <sighs> because I, I didn't want to focus on the pain. I didn't want to focus on what just happened. I tried my hardest to like escape from that. And I tried the same way when I found out that I had cancer, I tried mm. to look past it. So I'm like, I, I just had the surgery, like let's look past it. I know I'm gonna want a home. I know I'm gonna want a home with kids, a whole life, like get me to that stage. And yeah, I, and I did, I found my home. I found my home within, hey. I, I closed on June 15th. <gasps> closed on June 15th, I've been here, my two bedroom, two story on the water. Right Queen. here in Tampa, like it's a beautiful place, beautiful home. And that mindset of the crappiest situation here is like happening to me. My life is going to be destroyed, ruined. I hate it. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to get a house. But <laughs> like, I'm going to get a house. <laughs> let me just, you know, and I really feel like a lot of people when they saw that, when they see me doing all this stuff, when they, they saw me pop my bottle of champagne, they'd be like, didn't you just have surgery? Like, I'm sorry, what? For celebrating cancer and then popping bottles or buying a house like yep i just knew i needed to get that mindset i'd be like i got this i want a future i need more and that that inspired so many other women and they mm. reached out to me they're like katie when i didn't want to wake up today like you made me excited for the future and so cool like that was just you know like that was just that was it if i, if I can just inspire some people if i can just you know get somebody scheduled to get their mammograms or or share that feel it on the first you know get them that that check up on themselves advocate for themselves and realize that young women could get breast cancer and if you're yeah. gonna get breast cancer like make the best out of the shittiest situation you can and just really really try to keep your head up and keep looking forward mm. way too much life to live and honestly my best situation out of it is I kept my humor. My humor. Oh, girl. I got so Your humor funny. got better. I got girl. so funny. You got even more <laughs> feistier, even more bold. Like, you were already a firecracker to oh, begin with. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I remember, like, oh, my God. There's, like, this one joke when I told Maria, right when I found out that I had cancer, right? And I was, like, there's a Kevin Hart special where he's, like, yelling at his teacher or something like that. And he's, like... You long titty, no nipple having. <laughs> and I was like, that's my life. And I literally threw that. And like, all my friends were like, stop. Stop it. <laughs> I was like, is that not me? Am I not her? Is this not it? And I just like, yo, life is such a joke. Like, if you don't laugh at it, you're going to cry. And I got yeah. tears like and And what, what can you do? It just goes to prove that like, you literally have no control over anything and instead of you like trying to keep that control you just threw your hands up and we're like whatever like no <laughs> we're that, gonna that get through that it mentality that whole mentality of like you know what i'm here let's let's help as much as i can let's do as let me show as much as i can let me laugh about it let me let me cry but let those tears come from laughter rather than just mm -hmm. being upset you know like let me just keep moving on um cancer brought my brother back into my life like my brother mm. and I had an estranged relationship my middle brother we had an estranged relationship and and the moment I got diagnosed with cancer I got him back in my life and you know mm. so there were so many silver linings to such a shitty situation yeah that I, I had to be so grateful for it like I always felt that I had a calling in my whole life that I was going to help women I always wanted yeah. to help women whether I wanted to do this micro influence uh influencing in Tampa to help women businesses like always support women. I had this huge thing. I always wanted to do this, but I didn't know what path and what direction I wanted to go mm -hmm. to. And here comes God. Here comes that universe. Here comes that man with the remote being like, Katie, here's your path. Hey. <laughs> like, yep. Here's your, not I'm going to make it blatantly did. clear to you. You know, mm -hmm. not what I expected, but look what I'm doing. Like I want to help women. And now I have a clear path on which women I'm helping. 
Uh, and that's, yeah, now I'm here. So all of that being said, what does the next month, year, like what does that look like as far as your checkups? Because I'm, I'm sure mm-hmm. there's a process oh. of doctor appointments you still yeah. have to go to and yeah, tell us some of your goals. So, and- so hopefully my next year, so Moffitt always jokes with me. They're like, Katie, hey, you're never exp- escaping us. And I'm like, all right. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so I have doctor's appointments like um, every three months. Um, okay. I have mammograms like every six months kind of thing. And and then as time comes, they, they space out. But I'm still okay. in probably like three times a year. Because I chose to have a double, a single mastectomy and not a double, that actually led to more doctor's appointments still in the future. Mm. But I was okay with that because I don't mind having people check and be on my corner all the time, yeah. making sure I'm safe, making sure I'm healthy. Um, because if cancer did come back and it did come into my right breast, we would catch it so early. So early, yeah. And I wouldn't have to be too worried about my situation and stuff like that. So I'm happy with the doctor's appointments and there's still a lot of them. But November 5th is my last chemo infusion. So that's my big final date of cancer mm. being done. Doctor checkups is gonna still stay there, but the cancer treatments yeah at that point and that's a huge deal for me so um i have that um and then on top with like the book that i wanted to have come hopefully is out and published by this time um the book being done um and then the non-for-profit that's gonna really give me that whole purpose fulfillment there and it's a lot of work but i'm excited for it and i think that that's something i can really really do and really help a lot of other women doing it and um, it's not donating to any kind of cancer society is like absolutely amazing. Like everybody should go out and donate, but mm-hmm. able to specifically help people, like, you know, it goes directly towards helping somebody, helping yeah. somebody peace of mind. Once you get an ability to do that, those are always the non-for-profits that need you the most. And they're also ones that feel like you benefit the person immediately. That person that mm. needs to take, that person that is like, you know, like that donation for the non-for-profit that they're going to do for this mammogram one, right? Well, what if that woman was like me and she was diagnosed with cancer and she found out because of that mammogram and it was stage one and she didn't have to go through a whole surgery. Now I was able to help her. That's, that's going to keep me up and keep me driving and going every day. And that's what I'm hoping it doesn't, it's not just for one year, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years down the road, we're still going to be helping women. Hopefully there'll be a cure. Hopefully yeah. there'll be a cure by then. And they won't even need to hit, like, you know, this wouldn't be too much of a deal, but the rate that we're at, you know, I still think I can help thousands. Yeah. Ah, it's so impactful, Katie. And I'm so honored that you shared your story and just to be, you know, your friend and watch you go through all this. It's so incredibly inspiring. No, I, I'm really, I'm, I'm really grateful. I'm grateful for our friendship. I'm grateful for our our sorority for even bringing us each other's lives like this. Cause um, we just had alumni night a few weeks ago, you know, and that was just like just seeing the young, the young babies in there and just knowing that I even have the support of the chap, an active chapter. These yeah. guys are young, 18, uh. 19, 20, looking at me and I'm like, you guys Little Gen Z babies. Oh, <laughs> goodness, you know, and, um, but they're like, yeah, like you have that breast cancer walk, we're coming. Uh. And I was like, oh my God, you know, like you don't have, you know, you don't need to, but here you are. And they're like, no, we're supportive. And. Mm. That's really why I feel so lucky, even though I'm like diagnosed with cancer, like even though I had to deal with that, but like I was diagnosed with cancer with the best support system, the best virtual support system, the best Mm -hmm. at home, the Tampa system. And I have to still be really grateful for that. Um, And that's just, you know, my situation was shitty. Like I shouldn't have had to have too many, like that the doctors I needed to have in order to get diagnosed and like the way things happen, chemo sucked. Like I had people tell me like, oh, chemo doesn't look too hard because like we didn't see you struggle. Uh excuse <laughs> me? I was like, <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Like, do you want my Ooh. medical bills? <laughs> like, like, do you wanna see? Like chemo doesn't just hit you, cancer doesn't hit you just physically. Like that's that's mentally, that's emotionally, that financially, financially. like financially. Oh, like, absolutely, you know? So, and I had a lot of people, so reaching out. So yeah, not everything on social media was like, I'm here and supporting you. A lot of people even like doubted if I had it. Some people were like, you don't have cancer. 
And I'm like, because I would go through this, why? Why? Why at this point? But it made me. Yeah. What, for clout? Like what? <laughs> like There's just some people and I was just like, you know what? But if they commented on my TikTok with any of that negative stuff, I have to tell you, there was a tribe. There's Ooh. a tribe that comes after. Good. They were all quick with it. Quick Before I can even see the comment, there was like a hundred something comments underneath it. Be like, you better stop. You better not hurt my Katie. You know, yes. you, you were alone. And yeah, I'm still grateful for it. Mm. So oh, all that being said, with the community you've built, I want to give you an opportunity just to share for our listeners where they can find you online, mm. TikTok, Instagram, whatever, yeah. so we all can this, keep up with you. It is all the same thing. That was something I just changed recently too. It's all Katie.Ford and that's K-A-Y-D-E. Yes. F-O-R-D. My first name is Katie. It's not Cade. You can thank my mom for showing me <laughs> All my sisters, all my friends know it as Katie because that's how I've been introduced. But uh-huh. all of my doctors, nurses, Cade Ford. I'm like, no. No. And then the moment I say it's Katie, they're like, oh, that makes sense. Like, mm. Mm. My, mother, my mother did that. But yeah. Hey, so one more thing to make you unique. <laughs> yeah. Unique as a struggle. And my mom didn't even realize how much of a struggle it was until she went to all my doctors <laughs> and she's like wow they really don't call you Kate. <laughs> no phonetically that's Cade. like it's not katie <laughs> but oh i'm telling everyone so i might be in the wrong but that's how my mom calls me. it's kate so katie got bored yeah and yeah katie lynn all the way through um but yeah you can reach out to me from there i still have a lot of breast cancer support groups i'm a part of um and if anyone is diagnosed or um if they have some questions i have my blogs posted to my instagram where i go with talking about um how to how to handle your friend being diagnosed like what to ask them and stuff like that so um there's a whole bunch of blog like blogs i have on my instagram handle too that you guys can read out to and yeah and just get a little uh, for me that is amazing you are incredible thank you so much again for yeah. sharing and it doesn't even feel like 50 minutes just went by, but right, no, it crazy. did. Oh my goodness. It's insane. Oh, you're yeah. amazing, Katie. Thank you so much. Wow. Thank you again for listening to yet another amazing conversation started here on Sunshine and Rainbows podcast. Each week, I am quite literally blown away by the voices and stories shared here. The goal really is to amplify others' experiences in hopes that someone listening out there feels that much less alone. Oh, Katie, thank you so much for not only sharing your gripping story about the many ups and downs of your cancer journey with us. I don't know about you, but I was completely inspired and have a whole new outlook on my life now. If you love this episode or any previous one, I hope you'll take a second to share it to a bestie or even tell us on social media. Writing a review really makes a world of a difference in helping us get these important conversations out there to the world. I'm running out of time, but merch is still available for one more week. And then we've got something exciting coming. Stay tuned till next Monday. I'll see you then. And by see, I mean hear you then, talk to you then. I don't know. I hope you have a great Monday.